Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hi, I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Today, we're speaking with Charlie Nooney, the CEO of Moby TV. Moby TV was the first company to put TV on mobile devices. Charlie tells us what steps he took to become CEO and then gives us some advice that we can follow. Before we jump into it, you guys should check out the courses that Wall Street Oasis offers. They have some awesome content on investment banking, private equity, financial modeling, even hedge fund interviewing. So check them out. They've got a money back guarantee and make sure you say podcast is where you heard about them. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Okay, it's CEO time. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. I think it would be useful just to start off in the beginning with you telling us, you know, about your career story and, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. I'd be glad to. I mean, my uh, career has solely been in the media business. I um, started um, my career in the cable television uh, side and the programming side. It's been a couple of years of Showtime, but really the bulk of my media career was at the Walt Disney Company. I spent 15 years at the Walt Disney Company. I was executive vice president of their, their uh cable group. And um, that really was the basis of a lot of my background in terms of that time period when cable was really growing and accelerating a certain, a certain you know, certainly looks a lot different than it looks today, but it was a, a very robust time in the cable business. Uh, the Walt Disney Company was, we had acquired ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. So it was an interesting time to be at the company, great company. I decided to make a career change around 2000, and it really was one of those thoughts, do I continue to stay uh, on a big company path or should I try to go run a company? And I knew I would have to actually make a, a, a move to really be a CEO of a company and that was something I had a desire to do. So I, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to run a company called PRM out of uh, the Bay Area. And what that company was, was a retail media company. We provided, this was in 2000 and 2005, we provided retail media to all the major retail providers in the US. Walmart was our biggest customer. Best Buy, Circuit City, Sears, Target, et cetera. It was really an uh, interesting time because it was, it was kind of a precursor for the old concept of delivering digital media in, in, in different locations. And we were very fortunate. The company was very successful. Uh, we sold it in 2005 to Thompson Technicolor. I stayed there for a couple of years to run their broadcast uh, group, including Screen Vision, which was, again, a digital media uh, delivery into to, uh, the theaters. And... Um, in 2007, uh, I was approached to uh, Moby TV, which Moby TV had been around for about seven years. Uh, they were uh, making a transition from their original founder, and uh, I really liked the concept. Uh, you know, the idea at the time of putting video on mobile devices was very new, and 
it was very appealing to me. So again, it was one of those those career paths where I just kind of followed the trends in media and tried to always pick a place I thought would be interesting to uh, to see develop. Right, and it also sounds like this career you had at Disney, being there for 15 years, kind of set you up to be you know the CEO of multiple companies down the line. And, you know, it kind of goes with the mantra that it's much easier to go from a big company to a small company. So can you talk about, you know, how working at a big company set you up to, you know, work at these, these entrepreneurial endeavors down the line? Sure. No, I'd be happy to, because again, I think what, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think there's two ways that typically these type of positions happen. Either you really have a true entrepreneurial spirit and you are, you know, have a genuine great idea and you build it in your garage and you, you know, build it from the ground up and you become a, a CEO and you're able to make those transitions, et cetera. The approach that I took and one that I think a lot of people take is spending a lot of time at a, at a big company and understanding, you know, not only building the, the, the network that becomes pretty interesting in these other jobs if you're staying in the same space, but just, again, really learning from the best. And that was one of the things I, I felt very good about in the Walt Disney Company is I was really learning and watching what I believe is, is an incredibly well-run company. So, you know, it really is just that. I mean, I think you get to a certain point in your career if you want to become a CEO that you, for most of us, you have to transition from the company you're in into something smaller. And that's a tough, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough transition sometimes in the fact that, you know, you really do – on one hand, you know, if you just look at it from a pure ego standpoint, you're a CEO, and that certainly becomes something that's very positive for the ego. But on the other hand, you know, you're actually, you know, more more likely than not, you're walking into a much smaller company. Uh, the problems and the concerns and the issues are ones that are much different. And uh, you really have to kind of, in, in that way, you really have to kind of swallow your ego because, again, you're not, you don't have a Walt Disney Company, in my case, that Walt Disney Company business card. And so you, you know, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of grinding it out in a different way. So, you know, again, I think if, you know, as, as you look at career paths and people look at career paths, yeah, I think it really becomes a very conscious decision that people make at some point in their career. Do I, do I, do I kind of move over to something smaller and I can run it or do I just keep running and do I keep working in these larger companies? And there's no right answer there. You know, both of them can be great careers. Right. And is that entrepreneurial spirit that's inside of you, is, is that always been inside of you? Was that learned? Um, how'd you get to that? You know, it probably has always been inside of me. And I just didn't recognize it for a long time because, you know, you do kind of, like I said, when you hit that crossroads, it is so much easier to stay put. I mean, just to be perfectly, I mean, there's a comfort level, there's a security level that you have around, you know, working with a big company. Um, and so you really do have to really want it to make the move. I mean, if, you, if you're just making it because you, like I said, you want a CEO and your business card, I think you're ultimately will fail. I think you've really got to want it. You really got to appreciate the fact that, you know, it is a environment where it's fail and success are close, close companions. I mean, you know, the, the track record of entrepreneurial companies is, is pretty low. And, you know, you really have to be willing to take that chance. And it's not something that should be taken lightly. Right. And I think that makes total sense. Um, so let's get into what you're doing today at, at Moby TV, which, you know, allows content providers to stream broadcast TV on mobile devices. And it sounds like a very interesting company. Um, I'd love to hear what you're doing there. 
Yeah, no, it actually, it's funny. Uh, so it really kind of all came full circle. I mean, you know, I started off in the cable business, started off in the cable business around set-top boxes, et cetera, the traditional business, and really went into these different directions. Most recently, Mobile TV, which was, is really was built on this concept of delivering mobile, video on mobile devices. But certainly with the, with the uh, acceleration of, you know, Android uh, retail, and Apple retail streaming devices in people's homes, that space has been really uh, disrupted. And Moby TV is very unique in that we come in from a standpoint of we're very adaptive working at Android and Apple and, uh, you know, uh, uh, with high volume situations with good quality. So we really were able to create a solution that brought what we did best inside the home, which is, you know, if you're a cable operator, particularly if you're a mid-sized or small cable operator and you're losing a lot of customers to, you know, Netflix and Hulu and, you know, you're worried about kind of the, the, the erosion of your cable business, you clearly want cable to bundle with your broadband business. Uh, you're not able to innovate uh, to the degree that you'd like to innovate because of the restrictions around set-top boxes. Uh, it allows you to really take advantage of the streaming devices in the marketplace and smart TVs in the marketplace and provide your users a very cost-efficient uh, solution that is, is good or better than Xfinity, but you don't have the inventory of set-top boxes. You don't have to do truck rolls. You don't have to do a lot of things that really make it very difficult for cable operators to compete. Right. So your customer, your clients are cable providers and content providers? Is that how it works? It's really the cable providers. We have to, you know, we certainly have to be uh, cognizant of the, the rules and regulations around the individual content providers. I mean, we, we, we check all the boxes in that regard. But it really is that concept of if you're a cable TV provider, you are faced with a crossroads, given the fact that IPTV is here, given the fact 4K is here, you're going to have to do some kind of refurbish of your existing infrastructure. And you can either, again, continue to go down the path of the set-top box, or you can take advantage of the boxes that are in the marketplace that your customers are already utilizing. And what that allows you to do is if it allows you not only to offer a more cost-efficient solution from the standpoint of being a, a operator, not having to, to, to buy and store set-top boxes, it also allows you to kind of continue to innovate off a software-based solution and really compete with the, as again, I'll say with the Netflix of the world, and if your subscriber based on broadband can get Netflix, they can get this solution, which is not always the case with a set-top box. Right. I mean, this whole ecosystem is changing so rapidly right now, and it's just, it just seems like it's ripe for disruption to someone to just change the way that um, and allow consumers to view content really in the ways that they want. But there's just, I mean, like your old company, there are so many old vested interests in keeping things the way that they are. Uh, it makes it difficult. It's kind of the innovator's dilemma, right? No, I think you've, you, 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 you've, you've hit it perfectly. I mean, I think it, there's a lot of inertia in the business. But this is a transformational period. I think people are certainly waking up to that fact because of the, the subscriber loss that, we're, that they're seeing in the uh, traditional cable business. I think certainly you see Comcast has reacted to that by putting such an emphasis on user experience and making sure that they're com competing with a improved and constantly, uh, in, a constantly updated user experience so they are being competitive in the marketplace. So it's a really interesting time for anyone in this space, and I think the next couple of years we're going to see a lot of change. And you know, I, I, It's really at a level I've never seen in my time in the, in, uh, the media business. Right, and you're... I I mean I guess you could say you're you're kind of going against Disney now. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> certainly given some of the things that that they're doing going direct to consumer, we're not so much going against them. We're, you know, in some ways I'd argue we're actually protecting the content providers 
and allowing them to maintain a, a existing revenue stream with a cable operator as opposed to strictly being an overtop solution or, or seeing a lot of your, or at least seeing a lot of your subscribers going to an overtop solution. So, you know, I think we're more competing with the, you know, the traditional box manufacturers and the, the people like that. But, you know, clearly, clearly the, the content providers are, are rethinking a lot of things they're doing in terms of how do we have a direct relationship with, with users, what, you know, our own applications, TV everywhere applications, et cetera. It's a, it's a really, um, it's a really uh, interesting time. And, and all the content providers are taking a little bit of a different approach. Right. So let's kind of get, get uh, back into this CEO role ad- advice portion. But you don't own Moby TV, right? So you are a CEO, but you still have a boss, correct? I have a board of directors, yes. Right. Uh, and so um, you know, who, owns, who owns Moby TV and, and you know, what's your relationship with the board of directors like? We're a VC. We're a VC-backed company, so we have we have uh, you know several investors in the in the company, a lot of the blue chip investors in, in Silicon Valley, and actually it's a very good relationship. I think the real key with you know at least I've seen in, in my experience and I've been fortunate is, you know, one is it really is important that you have a very supportive and and uh, an active board. I think that you know clearly one of the things that becomes difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs, and I think it's really something that you see a lot is that these guys start these companies and put their blood, sweat, and tears in these companies. And the minute they go out and raise money, they truly are handing off the company to someone else in, in, in many respects. And that's difficult for, for a, a lot of entrepreneurs. So, you know, at least I, when I come into companies, the, the, you know, I don't have that issue. I, you know, the, the ownership and the, 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 the Ownership, I feel in the company is, is kind of established early on that I'm the CEO and my job is to do this. And even I'm, I mean, I'm chairman as well, but my, my job is to do this and, and move this company in a certain direction. But it's not, it's not my company. I don't own it. I own a piece of it, but I certainly don't own the company. Right. Okay. Well, here's the part of the podcast where I'll let you brag a little bit. Why are you the, the right guy to be running this company right now? How come they chose you? How'd you get this job? Well, I mean, I, I have a, you know, I have a, a, a lot of experience in media. I mean, I have a lot of experience in, 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 in companies of this size because, again, you know, my previous role that I had to come to was, was a lot of similarities. It was similar in size. We were breaking through new, new areas of, uh, of media delivery, et cetera, when I was working at, uh, when I ran PRN. So there's some commonalities in there. And, and given the fact that this is a, you know, business that is, I have a big content background and we have a lot of relationships with content providers. So, you know, hopefully I'm, they feel like I'm the, I'm the right guy because I do believe I have a certain understanding of the transitions of the media business. And, you know, hopefully I do. I mean, I guess you, you could argue that maybe I don't, but at the end of the day, from my standpoint, if, if I was looking at why would I be, why am I the right person in this role is, I think I do have a pretty good understanding and feel for where media is going and where the opportunities lie. Um, you know, so hopefully that's what people work here feel like and the, and the board feel like is the reason that, that I'm here. It really is to guide the direction of the company through what is really a very tumultuous time. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, this, this business is changing daily. And you cannot be too rigid. You cannot be too uh, stuck in your ways. You really always have to be make sure that you're anticipating the changes. Right. And I think, you know, our listeners, listeners would love to hear, where is the, where is the industry going? Well, I think it's I think it's really getting, becoming incredibly fragmented. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, there's going to be this kind of fine line between, you know, being able to certainly have this 
personalization of media and my media, which is really the, one of the aspects of digital media that becomes very important. But it's going to be a fine line between the aggregation uh, providers like the Netflix and the Hulus of, uh, and, our, and ourselves to the world that will be providing this, these folks the ability to aggregate content versus the, the, you know, how do you position something like a, you know, company that wants to go direct and build that direct brand, how do they fit into that ecosystem? I mean, certainly consumers are not going to put together 15 or 20 applications to build their cable service. I mean, there's still going to be a great need to have some type of Search and recommendation, voice control. How do you navigate through all that? And we, you know, we believe that's clearly through aggregation. And um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how it all plays out. I mean, I think what really is opening up the world is this fact that it becomes that, you know, we're seeing this proliferation of streaming devices and 4K television sets, and you know, all this thing that will that'll make the delivery system dramatically different than it is today. Right, um, that makes sense. Um... So what about, you know, a couple last pieces of advice here for our audience? I mentioned, you know, they're trying to get their first job. They're trying to get a better job. You know, what, what can you look back on in your career and you know, what experiences or, or skill sets do you think were really beneficial for you to uh, kind of get you to the place you are today? Well, I think if you're going in, you know, because I think it's very important, and I always say this, I mean, I'm making a great deal of sense, but, you know, when you're building your career, just keep your head on a swivel. And what I mean by that is really try to make sure that you're that you're that you're always learning from other people. You're always seeing how things play out. You know, it's it's in some ways it's no different than if you hear when uh, people are asking how did you become when you ask directors how did they become you know directors of movies. What typically happens is they, you know, they entered as a grip or they did you know they were a, a cameraman and they really continued to kind of learn learn the the holistic view of of of, of uh, how to, what it takes to make a movie. And I think that's probably a decent analogy. As you're in a business, I mean, you know, really try to understand, you know, other departments, what other people are doing. I'm not saying do their jobs. I mean, that's, but try to learn in terms of understanding things that you see that make sense, what doesn't make sense, always ask questions. I, I think curiosity is really a big key to any of these things. And I think if you really want to kind of be a CEO later in your career, you need to be very curious early in your career. And that would be the best advice I could give people is just stay curious. Right. And then how do you balance that with you know, just simply doing a good job at, at the, the task that you have, you know, regardless of how menial or not interesting it is. I mean, there is something to be said for just doing a good job, right? Well, that has to be the foundation. I mean, that has to be a given. If you're not doing a good job and you're not putting the priority of, 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 of your job, no matter what that job is and doing it to best your ability, you're right. It, nothing else will matter because you, you won't be successful. So that becomes kind of the, the table stakes, but it really becomes that person who, is when they, you know, they're willing to kind of like, once they got those table stakes down, they're doing the best they do. Because I'm a big believer in, you know, absolutely making sure you're doing the best job possible, the task at hand. What I'm saying is just make sure that you're, that you always have in the back of your mind, yeah, you know, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. You know, what I saw that person do was really good. And if I'm ever in that position, I'd like to do that or I'd like to do that better. So a lot of it is just, it, it, like I said, it's just curiosity and awareness, and uh, but not at the sacrifice of doing your doing your job. I, I, that's that's a very good point, not at all. But you see it. I mean, I see it in in, in individuals that you know. I've obviously had a lot of people work for me over the years, and there are certain people who, you know, you can tell they have their. Not only are they doing well at what they're doing because they know that's necessary, but they have their, you know, they have their kind of their eye towards you know how do I become a better overall executive, and that's really what it is. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. I buy that. You got to 
be good at your job one and, and then be, be curious too, but they kind of go hand in hand. Okay, Charlie, um, you know, I think this was a really interesting interview. It's, it's great to hear how you're pushing the envelope on, you know, how consumers discover and consume television content today and how you got to where you are. Um, you know, I'll let you have the last word and leave listeners with anything that you, uh, that you want to tell them, tell them to subscribe to Moby TV or to work hard or be <laughs> curious, um, anything and, and that you think would be relevant. No, I think, look, and again, Alex, I appreciate the time. I think, again, it's, like I said, I think it's, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur and work in entrepreneurial businesses. You know, I, I'm a big believer in getting a solid background in, in, in traditional businesses and big companies and trans, transferring over. It's certainly not the way everyone does it, but I believe it's, you know, if, if you're going to do it, there's, a, there's an invaluable lesson to learn in terms of making sure that you, you know, or paying attention when you're in a big company and, and know when to make the move and when you feel like you're ready to make the move. You don't want to make it too early. You don't want to make it too late. So it's just, again, it's, it's curiosity and awareness. Uh, and really, and, and most importantly, you know, it, it, it's not, not, to, not to go over the timeline here, but, you know, have a good sense of self. I mean, that, that's also something that I think is very important is, is, you know, know your abilities and know where you have weaknesses because that ultimately will, will serve you well as you, as you make the transition. Couldn't agree more. Charlie, this was great speaking with you. Thanks very much for taking the time. My pleasure, Alex. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. If you would like to get in touch with me to get some advice on your own journey, you can contact me, alex at wallstreetoasis.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. We could use some more of those. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get...